you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's man, you meet your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the next-gen stats guru, Graham Barfield. Happy July, fellas. Dude, where did the first, like, six months of this year go? Yeah. We're, like, halfway, more than halfway to Christmas. Yeah. Wow. It's That's, insane. That is something It goes fast think, every year. Every year, just faster and faster and faster. I mean, it's funny because, you know since I've been working here for a number of years, I talk to people, I tell them what I do and they always say, so what do you do in the off season? And I just laugh. Like, what do you, what is this off season you talk about? (laughs) There's still stuff to do. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, yeah, so like I said, NFL summer is like six weeks long. It's like from June 1st to about July 15th. So we got a couple weeks left because then training camp opens uh-huh. uh, and NFL summer is, is over. And, and yeah, that's it, man. That's uh, I'm trying to get like all my social events sort of like, hey, I got to play golf with these people before, you know, we get rolling. Uh, got to hang out with these people. Got to see these people because once we get to the end of this month, like it's 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 all over for the social life. What what Labor Day is to most of America, July Fourth is to yeah. like to the NFL media. Yep. I, yeah. I, I, it's so funny when I explain that to my friends too. It's just like, yeah, I'm on summer now. It's just like, dude, it's it's barely summer. It's like, well, for me, I yeah, have to go back to work. It's like, pretty yeah, much over. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty yep. much over. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, got plenty to talk about. We'll do another round of hype train or smoke screen. There's some stories that uh, hit the news recently. We'll talk to Joe Pisapia, who is the author of the Fantasy Black Book, friend of the program as well. Get his thoughts. Uh, on some of the issues in fantasy football right now. We'll have another fantasy draft of things just in time for the big holiday, which, by the way, is why we are coming to you a little bit earlier this week. In fact, uh, this is a good time to remind you, we will be off next week. They will be doing some renovations here in the studio, so we felt like the 
between that and the fact that training camp's about to start, felt like that was a good time for us to kind of go dark for a week. Wait, so. You don't, you don't want to come in here with a hard hat? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Banging away. I mean, I feel like if I show up here, they may hand me like a hammer or a wrench and tell me to do something. Yeah, so. there's, there's a dude who like, you know, sits outside of our door sort of ominously and he's always weird. got a hard hat on. I don't know what he's doing he here. He was watching YouTube when I showed up here earlier. Right? Like, I don't know what the heck. Right. Like watching cat videos or something like that. I have no idea what was going on out there. So anyway, that's plenty to talk about. But before we get started, we will go behind the glass, as always, to talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? Yeah, the, the, the worst thing that ever happened to me uh, this weekend was not the Kevin Durant not signing with my Knicks. <laughs> it actually was me. Well, actually, we, we talk about weather so much in this podcast the last few weeks. It's been gloomy. It right. was really nice Saturday. So what did the I do? The sun's been out. Go to the beach. Yeah, you got a little red tinge. You're, did not, you're did not put, Yeah, did not put on uh, uh, any suntan lotion, and now I'm paying the price of being red from the waist up, and uh, my skin's bubbling, so this is really mm, good. I look nice. Like, uh, I look like a freak Sounds show. like fun, pal. Yeah, this is good. Good weekend. Ooh. Man. Um, in other non-fantasy news, TweetDeck is back. TweetDeck was down for like an hour, and my life was miserable as I was <laughs> scrolling through Twitter, but TweetDeck is back, y'all, so like I can do this show without having an aneurysm, so it's going to be great. Um, there you go. So, now that that's back, let's do some news. Let's do the news. The Steelers have been an interesting fount of fantasy conundrums this offseason. Uh, we talked plenty of times about whether or not they would be a running back rotation uh, in the Steelers' backfield, that maybe Jalen Samuels would start to see some more work. But James Conner has kind of thrown some cold water on that, saying his role is going to stay the same. So I guess, Fabs, we can stand down on this, uh, you know, moving Jalen Samuels up your Yeah, man. I, see, but I, like, I never really bought into it because, you know, Tomlin has almost always wanted to, to have that featured back. Even when his top back has gone down, someone has moved in and been a featured back. D'Angelo Williams, Samuel last season. So I never really bought into it, um, and I don't think the fantasy industry is bu buying into it. We're in the middle uh, or towards the end of our 12-team PPR mock draft, and uh, Connor was the last pick in the first round, I believe. So I don't know that he's going to go in the first round in most drafts, but he is not going to be falling out of the top 15 picks yeah. for me. Yeah, he's, uh, he's usually goes in there. If he doesn't go in the first, he usually goes in the early second top round. Top of the second. I, I do think... Um, I do think that there has been some like some of the speculation it does warrant some a little like a little bit of concern like their GM Kevin Colbert came out after the draft and basically said we want to try and you know limit some of the touches on Connor but mm -hmm. I still I'm still with you even if they take away just a few touches a right. game he's still gonna he this offense should be good enough it's probably good for him yeah it, it should be good enough this offense should be good enough to uh, to elevate him to RB one numbers still yeah, and let's let's not forget. <laughs> no Antonio Brown, you know, the Le'Veon Bell obviously is gone. Uh, this offense is going to be leaning maybe on him uh, as a as a runner and a pass catcher yeah. even more than it did last season. We'll see. Uh, speaking of pass catchers, Dante Moncrief has been a standout at Steelers OTAs. And this sort of echoes a lot of reports we've been hearing over the last few weeks about Dante Moncrief really stepping in there and starting to, to perform well in practices and workouts. I know, Graham, I think at the start of the offseason when Antonio Brown left, the knee-jerk reaction was, hey, this is James Washington. He's going to take the next step up or whatever. Um, maybe it's about time we rethink that, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think right now for fantasy, like Vance, James Washington, and Kreef are all too cheap um, because the Steelers have the fifth most targets available. I know so many people have bought into the Dante Moncrief hype train and gotten burned in the past. <laughs> um, but I mean, at this point, he's a 12th, 13th, 14th round pick and the Steelers have elevated receivers every single year and they have a ton of targets available. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think there's a path where all three, Washington, McDonald and um, and Moncrief can become fantasy viable. But I do wonder if they just kind of spread the targets evenly amongst those three, that they're all just kind of middling fantasy assets at this yeah, point. I'm, it, I'm not sure if any one of them is just going to break out. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we as an industry, we almost always side with the younger upside pick, which which is smart. Um, we're doing that, I think, with Tampa Bay, even though you're hearing rumors now that Peyton Barber's a better option to get more touches than Ronald Jones, but we like Ronald Jones because he's coming off of a rookie season that was disappointing, but he's young. He still has uh, a higher ceiling. And I think we're doing that. I mean, I've been in drafts where James Washington has gone in the seventh round and Moncrief is going last three. But with that being said, 
uh, as someone who liked Moncrief a few years back when he was with the Colts, this is not a durable player. And uh, this is also a player who, at least with the Colts, he was highly touchdown dependent. If he wasn't getting in the end zone, he wasn't really helping your fantasy team. So I still would prefer James Washington over Moncrief. But if you do want to bump Moncrief up a little bit, uh, certainly in best balls, he'll be a popular pick. But um, and I also don't know that it's going to be one guy who comes in and eats up all those targets because, you know, you've got you've got, you know, Deontay Johnson there as well. So um, you've got you've got, uh, you know, Jalen Samuels out of the backfield, Vance McDonald, who we just mentioned. So there's going to be a lot of miles to feed there. In, yeah, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, I think I think mentioning Vance McDonald is worthwhile too because we we've talked about tight ends. I don't know that he's gotten enough attention. I think I think we're starting to mention him a little bit more, but I think there's a big opportunity for Vance McDonald there in, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, staying in the division, Gio Bernard and the Bengals reportedly are buying in with new head coach Zach Taylor and his offensive scheme. Um, Fabs, I I kind of want to buy in, but I. Look, aside from the fact that Zach Taylor stood next to Sean McVay for more than 15 <laughs> minutes, like I don't really know much about him. Yeah, we don't. We don't know much about him, honestly. Um, yeah, would he actually qualify as like being part of the Sean McVay sort of coaching tree? I mean, right? Like this is this is a play. This is a coach who has gained his credibility through being near uh, what most people in the league consider to be the elite young offensive mind uh, among coaches. But to me, this is the Joe Mixon show. Um, right. You know, and, and that's, I mean, I, now he's going in the first round. I think he's he's well worth the first round pick. But I think the big question mark is the passing game, right? Andy Dalton, um, is A.J. Green going to come back and be healthy? He's coming off of the toe. Uh, he's actually fought, like he's like a third rounder at this point. He's almost like in that Leonard Fournette area. He sometimes goes in the fourth. Where, yeah, I mean, if yeah. he slides to the fourth, he, yeah. but like you know, Fournette and Green, people are talking about them. You're going to get these guys in the third round, and those could actually actually be really good bargains for your fantasy team because for such a long time, AJ Green's been locked and loaded as number one wide receiver. Last year, uh, a little bit of bloom came out the rose because of what happened with his toe, but he's still not an old player. And Andy Dalton is still a guy who he's got a great rapport with. Uh, with that being said. This is one of those offenses that we're going to have to really watch in training camp in the preseason to see exactly uh, what Taylor wants to do. Maybe get a little bit of a glimpse uh, into the future with this with this offense, because outside of Mixon, outside of Green, you know, Tyler Boyd was very good last season. But then when Green went down, his his stats started to, to sink a little bit. You've got Eifert there as well. But there's not a whole ton of really great fantasy options on this roster right now. I've been saying for years that A.J. Green has been an innocent bystander in the Andy Dalton drive-by slander. <laughs> you know? the, the, the thing that's held the, held the Bengals back for so long is they've just refused to move on from Dalton. And um, yeah. I think they went in for one final year of kind of maybe trying to make it perfect for him. And Jonah Williams, unfortunately, just got hurt there. For yeah, yeah, that, that one hurts too, yeah. Play. Yep. He's going to play left tackle. Now they're going to have to move Cordy Glenn back to right tackle. Um, hopefully the Bengals can get this offensive line figured out this year. Too. Well, you know, the Bengals are a team that, that held on to Marvin Lewis maybe. A few they years Absolutely. <laughs> too long. Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because like, you know, on the one hand, you look at the Steelers, right? And their patience has always been kind of a, a model of stability there. Like, you know, they've had what just three coaches, I think, in their whole history or something like that. Um, you know, they, they they went through Chuck Knoll and then Bill Cowher and now Mike Tomlin. And, and that's kind of been part of their success. The Bengals, on the other hand, held on to Marvin Lewis. And everybody's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, but those other coaches were winning. And Marvin Lewis is like, uh, He was just, you know, hanging on at, at mediocre for so long. Mm-hmm. Down in Houston, Lamar Miller says he wants to improve as a pass catcher. Um, Shouldn't Graham, you have wanted to do this like a long time I mean, ago? You think so, right? I mean, Graham, does this, does this do anything for you? Does this make you, you know, look, feel more excited about Lamar Miller or anything? No, I mean, <laughs> no. no. I, I mean, I, the thing with Lamar Miller is it's he's been an empty calorie fantasy back for so long. Mm-hmm. It, you know, he'll finish his, you know, the RB14 or RB15 on his 250 touches, but the path that you got there won't be very sexy. <laughs> the problem with the Texans, though, is just this their offensive line, once again, is, I mean, they've kind of enlisted a few improvements, but they just have not invested enough to make me feel totally, totally comfortable. And Miller has ran behind just some god-awful offensive line. He actually, I mean, you remember last season, there was a stretch where Miller was putting up some numbers, but mm-hmm. his his issue's always been inconsistency. Uh, 
that Texans didn't really do anything in the in the offseason to improve at running back. So Miller's still going to carry the mail. But I mean, I think Deonta Foreman is becoming a very worthwhile. I was just about to ask middle like, to late round pick. Him? It looks like he's going to be good to go. I mean, he he has he's been well over a year removed from that Achilles. Mm-hmm. He played a little bit at the end of last season, but Alfred Blue is is in Jacksonville now. And, and Foreman is someone that I feel like is a nice worthwhile uh, middle to late run pickup because Lamar Miller, he doesn't excite any of us in the, in the <laughs> fantasy football industry. And Foreman was a guy that a lot of people were talking about uh, before he went down with that Achilles. I mean, he's sort of fantasy oatmeal, right? Like it's right. He's fantasy granola. Oatmeal, it's great. fine. Right. I mean, it's fine. Like you're not necessarily excited about it, but you know, it's, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. It'll get the job done, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, speaking of running backs that don't really excite people, TJ Yeldon saying <laughs> that the Bills running backs will have a heated competition. Now, there has been some rumblings that LaShawn McCoy, of all of them, might end up the odd man out. I mean, this is this is a kind of a hodgepodge of a running back room with, you know, Shady is there, uh, TJ Yeldon is there, Frank Gore is there, uh, Devin Singleton got drafted, Singletary got drafted there. Um, and you know, the talk fabs that, that maybe it's shady. That is kind of the guy who's right. on the bubble. This yeah. Is, I mean, I don't Sh- even know what to make of shady it. doesn't know because his recent quote was that he's going to sort of be the same player, uh, in the same role. I seriously doubt that. I mean, because like they, they brought in three new dudes. I mean, like, no, you're not going to have the same role. You're not the same player. You were a great fantasy player for several years, but I mean, at this point, you know, a guy who's who's uh, who hit 30 and we all know that a lot of times that's a downfall for running backs. And, you know, we're hearing reports that Gore and Singletary and McCoy are all seeing some first down reps uh, during OTAs. So this is going to be a committee situation and it's going to probably be one that you're going to want to avoid in redrafts. Uh, TJ Yeldon has been dealing with a groin injury this offseason. So they gave Gore and Singletary the like first team reps mm-hmm. with McCoy at OTAs. Um I I have no idea how this backfield <laughs> this year. I literally have no and, idea. And and what's what's on to is like so I, I like Josh Allen as a late round flyer, yeah. especially after what he did last season with his legs. He's got a cannon and they bring in a guy like John Brown who's gonna be able to stretch defenses. I mean, they don't have like that big number one sexy wide receiver. Uh of course remember there was rumors that Antonio Brown may have ended up in Buffalo. He was a that he was a bill for like seven minutes. That, that yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> right. But they added some pieces around Josh Allen, who maybe is the guy who benefits the most from a fantasy perspective uh, based on what the Bills did in the offseason because there's crowds in the running back situation. There's a crowd at wide receiver, tight end. Eh. But maybe Josh Allen is someone that, and I, I don't see him being picked uh, uh, in, in some drafts. Maybe that's a mistake. I mean, now we're in drafts where, like, you know, I've seen drafts where Kirk Cousins isn't getting picked. So, I mean, like, it is what it is because quarterback is so deep. But Josh Allen's a guy that I really think could end up being a breakout candidate and someone that we're, we're underrating. And maybe we shouldn't do that because if you look at the numbers he put up in the second half of last season, they were damn good. Yeah, that's going to be certainly one to watch. But the Bills, I think I think we're all sort of agreed that they're running backs. Just Yeah, the stay, backfield stay and the wide receivers now. are like, you know, you don't want anything to do with them. Just, but that quarterback could be a winner for away. you. So There you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Time for another edition of Hype Train or Smoke Screen. We did this a couple weeks back. I pulled some headlines and uh, we all discussed whether or not we're buying into them. So one of the ones on this list, and I'll just move it up because we sort of talked about it. LaShawn McCoy says Josh Allen looks more confident. And, you know, Fabs, you talked about uh, the way he finished the season last year, the fact that he, for all intents and purposes, was Buffalo's best running back last year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, are we are we I'm guessing you're buying in now. You're you're starting to kind of get and look, I, he's he's not going to he probably won't get drafted in a lot of 10 team leagues or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it sounds like you're starting to buy in at least a little bit on him. You got to look at what he did at the end of last season. And he's got better weapons around him now. Like I have him ranked at 21st and it, at the quarterback position. And it's not even it's not a disrespect because like it's so the position is so ridiculously deep. That a guy like Josh Allen, a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Garoppolo is a guy that I've seen in leagues not get drafted, and everyone was 
all about him uh, last preseason. The position is just so ridiculously deep that having a guy like Allen at 21, it's not a disrespect. It is, hey, this is a player that if you wait on drafting a quarterbacks, which most of most of us are, especially if you're in the industry leagues, um, he's a guy that you can get as a QB2 and who could potentially, I'm not saying he's going to be a league winner, but he could end up being a pretty valuable asset for your fantasy team. We just talk about so much like Kyler Murray, you know, the new players coming into the league, Lamar Jackson, or, you know, we all love James Winston, at least some of us do because of Bruce Arians in there. But maybe maybe we're not talking about Josh Allen enough. I like this Bills team. I've said it. I think I've said it on the show before. I think they're a little bit underrated, definitely in that division, um, especially after the Patriots. Everything else is just so wide open. But for fantasy, we just don't know where to invest, right? Outside of Josh Allen, the receivers are, you know, kind of a mixed bag, and their running backs, like we just said, are just a disaster to try and figure out this year. So Josh Allen really is the only logical choice for fantasy if you really feel comfortable drafting any Bills. I have taken some late round shots at at john brown yeah, me too um the thing that scares me though man is like they have foster there they brought in cole beasley he's gonna mm-hmm. hoover some targets um it's just i don't know if there's gonna be enough volume to support him every single week yeah i, I mean i don't know that either i yeah. just i go back to last year uh when joe flacco was still playing in, in baltimore john brown put up some decent numbers and he was healthy oh he was awesome right he was yeah. healthy he looked good him and flacco seemed to have a connection it was when lamar jackson took over that they just they just weren't a fit together yeah. and so now i'm just wondering if if josh allen is more joe flacco ish than than he is lamar jackson and whether or not that's going to be good for john brown potentially so that's uh yeah that that's sort of my thought there kyler murray says Cards chemistry is, quote, going to take time. And so it's funny because, you know, the the hype train on Kyler Murray from the moment he was drafted. I mean, that that thing left the station the moment the name Kyler Murray came off of Roger Goodell's lips in Nashville. This Graham, is this is this. Is this real or is this Kyler Murray just trying to, to tamp down expectations a little bit? I think it's both. I think it's both. I think the the Cardinals and maybe Murray himself probably feel the pressure of like, okay, we have the number one quarterback that we just took overall. I mean, uh, there was literally months of anticipation of them doing the exact thing that they did. And now they've got all these new receivers and new weapons to play with. This will definitely take some time. And I'm so, so interested to see what Cliff and Kyler and all of these receivers can pull off in year one. Um, but I definitely, definitely think that this could take some time to get off the ground. But at the same time, I mean, hopefully Cliff and Kyler and this offense, they kind of in- institute some of these air raid principles quickly. Maybe they t- do take uh, some defenses by surprise early on, but this, they're still they're two of their three main receivers are going to be rookies. Christian Kirk's coming off a receiver and uh, off, uh, excuse me, he's second year receiver coming off an injury in his rookie year. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if the Cardinals necessarily have like the cohesiveness um, kind of aspect I'll, I'll, I'll hear it for uh, going into the season. Yeah, I, you know, and th- this is another offense that I've been kind of, I just have been surprised that, you know, for as much as everyone loves Kyler Murray, I don't feel like the requisite bounce has come for guys like Christian Kirk, um, you know, even I like Andy, Kirk. This year. I like I, Kirk. You know, I've been I've been taking for a while. I was kind of taking late dart throws at Andy Isabella. I've started taking even just like very end of draft last pick shots at Keyshawn Johnson um, <laughs> over Hakeem Butler. Over Hakeem Butler, wow. yeah. I, because you know what, I I know Butler is the guy who potentially is the red zone target. I think especially long term, Johnson is one of those guys who doesn't necessarily shine at any one thing but i think he's really good at a lot of different things yeah i think he's just you know i think he's a good route runner i think he's got good hands i mean he was that guy that at the combine didn't blow anybody away with his measurables but when you saw him run the drills he was just kind of a guy who turned some heads a little i think people like me kind of got uh a little too invested in butler's measurables and now that there's reports coming out of camp that all the receiver coaches are saying he's kind of raw yeah i don't know if he'll play this year when? I really don't know if Akeem Butler is going to play too much this year because they've got three guys in as Isabella Fitz yep. and Kirk that technically kind of all play the same position, but I'm imagining that they're going to move these guys around. When but. I started to hear the 
Doriel Green Beckham comparisons, <laughs> I quickly jumped off of the Hakeem Butler bandwagon. Yeah. There's a lot of miles to feed there. There's there a are. lot of talent. There's a lot of upside there, but there's a lot of miles to feed. Let's not forget Larry Fitzgerald. That's a player that now in the industry is certainly starting to move up in drafts. I'm noticing him being picked almost exclusively ahead of Christian Kirk in most of the mocks that I've been in. That's insane to me. It, I, That's like, insane. I, I, no, I get, I, no, I get it. But like, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, I, I, you know, I understand last season wasn't his best. I believe he was still a top 25 uh, fantasy wideout in PPR. Um, he, had, he had some big games uh, a season ago, but he could end up being that safety valve for, for uh, Kyler Murray in, in that offense. So right now um, among Cardinals fantasy players, it, it's David Johnson, it's Fitzgerald, uh, Christian Kirk, and then, uh, you know, people are grabbing then Kyler Murray. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, they are going to be one of the more intriguing Offensive stories, fantasy stories, just mm-hmm. football stories of the year. That's going to be one. To I can't wait to watch that. And I've said it on previous podcasts. There's so many offenses. I'm so looking forward to watching this year. Arizona's one of them. Cincinnati's one of them. Uh, and, and you know, as a Cowboys fan, Dallas, because, you know, Kellen Moore, like, OK, like I want to see what happens with this. Arizona, I'm interested to watch. I'm like, I'm curious, like just really kind of in on it. Cincinnati, I'm sort of watching from across the street with binoculars. Like, I want to ah. be in on the Bengals. I definitely want to be in. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, down in Baltimore, Robert Griffin III says the Ravens' new offense will, quote, shock some people. This comes after stories this offseason of Lamar Jackson working on his throwing mechanics and being apparently really hard on himself when he hasn't performed up to his standard in practice. Um, I don't know. I mean, are, are you, yeah. how are you feeling about this, Graham? I saw a picture of Lamar on Instagram. He looks like he's put on some weight in his upper body. Um, he was super skinny in his upper body coming right. out of Louisville. So maybe he's trying to bulk up to take an NFL pounding. Um, obviously, he took some monster, monster hits uh, right. when he had starts last year. I don't think they're going to shock anybody, though. They're going to come out from the hell out of the ball. They were running it like 65% of the time last season. What, are they going to drop down to 62 now? I mean, like, where's the shock? You know what this offense is? Look at what they've built. This this is going to be a run-based offense with Mark Ingram behind him. You got a lot of people are high on Justice Hill as well. It's a fun backfield. It is. It's a fun backfield. And, And at wide receiver, I mean, you know, Marquise Brown probably be the only guy to get drafted in fantasy leagues. Um because, well, they're not going to throw the ball that much. But I do really like Lamar Jackson. When you can draft a quarterback who's, for all intents and purposes, a running back, who carried the ball around 17 times a game last season, um, who, if you project his numbers just rushing over a full year, um, he's given you over 1,000 rushing yards. I mean, that that's enough to excite me. And um, he's a guy that I'm going after as a QB2 as much as I can possibly get him. Just because over the years, we've all learned, no matter how poorly a guy throws the ball and I don't think Lamar Jackson throws the ball that poorly like Tim Tebow but when you can run the ball as a quarterback it's going to make you valuable and he is a guy who showed last season how valuable he can be and he was inexperienced and now he's got some experience under his belt I'm just I'm scrolling through the Ravens wide receivers and I am overcome with a heap and helping of. I know it's like what, they got like like Jordan Lashley. They've got Willie Sneed. They've got Marquise Brown. Joe Horn Jr. Joe Horn is, Jr. Is on the roster. If he scores a touchdown, you think he'll pull out oh, a, a cell phone, pull out a cell phone. That would be epic. That would be so great <laughs> if that happened. That'd be amazing. Uh, I also do. Maybe this will be a segment that we uh, we do this year on the pod, like spin the wheel of Ravens tight ends and just see. I like Mark up. Andrews, though. I think he could be a nice deep sleeper. I really do. Hayden Hurst says he's healthy, though, and he's no, no, ready to I go get this it. year. I get it, yeah. I mean, look, I, and I, I mean, I, I'm with you, but I just feel like trying to trying to project a Ravens tight end. Oh, no, no doubt. <laughs> it's just a I mean, at least Aaron. Max Williams is no longer in the mix, so that whittled True. it down a little bit. Right. There's, you know, still Nick Boyles there. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, So, Tom Brady, who... I don't know if he is great at social media or the person he's hired to run his social media yeah, is yeah, great at got, social yeah, media. But he posted a video where he is throwing a football 61 miles per hour. That's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's not it, – it's not you can't compare it to a, a baseball pitcher or anything like that. But 61 miles per hour for a, a football is pretty good. Um, Fabs, does this – because Brady's one of those guys who, I mean, he's not getting drafted in a lot of leagues either. Isn't that insane? I mean, this is kind of. It's insane. It's partially because the quarterback position is yes. deep. It's partially because, you know, Tom Brady is. And people are starting to kind of get concerned about when the cliff is coming. Yep. Does 61 miles per hour make you change your opinion at all about no. him? 
<laughs> he's a QB two. I mean, he's in my top 20 quarterbacks. Obviously he's going to be in most people's top 20 quarterbacks, but um, you know, I had our research team take a look at see what his numbers were with and without Rob Gronkowski, almost a three full fantasy points per game less mm. when Gronkowski wasn't there. And we don't know what's up with Josh Gordon. We all love Nikhil Harry because of the upside. We remember the catch against USC. We look at the targets available. The Patriots to. have a whole lot of them. Sorry. <laughs> but, I, I mean, you know, you're bringing in Demarius Thomas, who may or not even make the team. Maurice Harris, Ben Watson, who's suspended. Matt Lacoste. Uh, Gronkowski's gone. We don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon. Uh, Chris Hogan's gone. Cordell Patterson gone. <laughs> It's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of new faces in in that passing game, and I do believe the Patriots. Listen, Brady was he wasn't even a top ten quarterback last season. Right. I mean, he was he was a guy who people were at that at, at, you know in the second half of the season they were, they had him on his ben- on their bench, and, and they didn't think twice about it because he just wasn't the same quarterback statistically. And I mean, this dude's what forty two? Going to be forty? He'll be forty. He'll be forty two, I believe, 40, in August. I yeah. mean. He, the fact that he's been this great for this long, I mean, he, he's probably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. But um, it, clearly the Super Bowl rings would, would probably attest to that. But from a fantasy standpoint, you're starting to see. We started to see it last season. You know, that he's just not the same guy who's going to give you big numbers week in and week out. Well, and I kept saying that, you know, last year, yes, he made plays, obviously, when, when he had to and, and you know, credit him for helping the Patriots win a Super Bowl. It was an offense that ran primarily yep. through Sonny Michelle and James White. I mean, they were a very run-heavy team last year, and, and they turned to Brady when they needed to, but he wasn't the guy that they were necessarily counting on to control and win games for them offensively last year. For, for fantasy, we need our quarterbacks, if, if, they're, if they're projected to be on a run-heavy team or a team that runs just a very small amount of plays, we need that quarterback to be able to run. Mm-hmm. Brady uh, Brady's, has, has never been that Brady's guy. never been that guy. And you look at his numbers. I mean, yeah. you know, second half of the season, he gave you 26, which was in week 17 and didn't help you. He gave you 26 in week 14. And that was it. I mean, that was it. He gave you a five against Buffalo, 13 against Pittsburgh, right. 14 against the Vikings. Like we can't win fantasy leagues. Right. And with, with those kind of numbers. And that was with Gronk on the field. Now, granted, Gronk played at far less than 100 percent last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with Gronk on the field, I I don't think Brady even has remotely close enough and, upside to, and to, they bring to warrant in, a fantasy yeah. start every week. And they bring in Damian Harris, who, you know, is another is another part of that backfield uh, that now has, I don't know if Rex Burkhead is going to be drafted in a lot of leagues. I'm sure he will be drafted in some, but, I mean, you've got James White, you've got Sonny Michelle, as you mentioned, and then D- Damian Harris could fit in there as well, so... Yeah, so that's going to be uh, an interesting, to, interesting one to uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, last one before we uh, we'll get our guest Joe Pisapia in here. Uh, Peyton Barber, according to Greg Alman uh, of Tampa Bay Times, uh, Alman believes Greg uh, Peyton Barber will finish with more yards than Ronald Jones. Now, I was waiting for you to say Greg Alman, <laughs> like the Alman Brothers band. Yeah, exactly. Um, look. I know that, yeah, obviously we've talked about how Ronald Jones last year was a huge bust, um, you know, could barely get on the field. 1.9 yards per carry. Could barely get on the field. And this is one, Graham, I think like, yeah, one, you know, he was a second round pick. So we're hoping that maybe because of that, he kind of comes around this year. And also I know that for fantasy, we like to pick younger guys yep. with, with higher ceilings. Um, I mean, our, I, I've seen Ronald Jones come off the board shockingly early i mean like fifth sixth round in some, some what I, I, i've seen it too. is this like I've an all it? usc historical no not draft? even like i just like i've been shocked where i was like i'm like in double digit rounds thinking oh maybe i'll take a shot at ronald jones and looking yeah. and seeing that he has been long gone since oh my then. god that's yeah, that, that is nuts yeah his for now we're going into two years here ronald jones has been overpriced for in fantasy for two years running and he's uh he has what 25 30 touches to his name um mm-hmm. on the field i mean all of them in preseason. I just, I want no part. I want no part. But if he does fall into that like ninth, tenth round range, let's say you are in a sharper league where you know nobody's drafting Jones <laughs> in the sixth round, um, I, I do think it's it's fine to take a shot there because the ninth, tenth round is kind of a dead zone for running backs and receivers alike. Um, oh, he, he sir. W- would you draft Rojo or Barber? Oh, Barber, easy. Barber. But I mean, at the same time, this is I, I I've said before, and I hope I hope this 
comes to comes to light. But I just want the Bucks to go super pass heavy and all of these receivers go off. I do we too, don't, man. We don't have to worry about these. I do too. I, I dude, I'm all in on Chris Godwin. I mean, OJ Howard, love him. You know, I mean, the the, the hope had been the saving. The save is real quick. The saving grace for Ronald Jones is like I we the Bucks need a pass catching running back, but right. Ronald Jones was not a good pass catcher in college. He wasn't. He was not a great pass catcher. It was also something they didn't really ask a lot of him. It's maybe true. maybe it's because he wasn't a great pass catcher. Uh, you know, I, yeah. You'd have to kind of ask some of the coaches about that. I, you know, and we've talked about this before that because the Bucks did nothing at the running back position this off season, that the that thought was, a was shock too. it was a shock. Yeah. But but that led to the belief that okay, well maybe this means that Ronald Jones is going to get some more opportunity. Now, you know, we'll, we'll see what it's, when it's all said and done because the thing about it is we know what Peyton Barber is. I mean, he's fine in some weeks, um, but I just think that people are reaching and, and hoping for the upside of a younger player maybe finally figuring it out in year two. Yeah. That's all I can think. Yeah, I mean, that's, def- that's definitely the allure and that's definitely the premise behind drafting Rojo, but man... I've, I've seen it too. People would leap into the sixth, seventh round to take him. That's insane. That's crazy. I mean, like literally, uh, there there have been multiple drafts where I'm going to like try to find him in the double digit rounds, and he's not there. And I'm like, what? What did I miss? Like, yeah, that's, where did, when did that's this happen to me? So yeah. So uh, hey, before we get out to the phones, want to let you know, guys, you know, they are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. I mean, it's sort of how like I strained my Achilles once playing basketball and instead of actually going to the doctor i just sat with ice on it for weeks on end and uh you know now it's sort of weird and um you know whatever but anyway the same is true for erectile dysfunction studies show 70 percent of guys who experience ed don't get treated for it thankfully roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online with roman you can get medical care for ed from the comfort of your home and handle everything online in a convenient discreet manner just go to getroman.com live and complete an online visit if your doctor decides the treatment would be appropriate they'll prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle but it's really important to get checked out and with roman it's easy just go to getroman.com dot com slash live to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping that's getroman.com slash live for a free visit to get started getroman.com slash live joining us now on the phone friend of the program joe pisapia you can find him on twitter at joe pisapia 17 that's p-i-s-a-p-i-a uh he is the author of the fantasy black book which is a great publication some of the contributors include friend of the program jake seeley he's also the host of the fantasy black book pod which you can find over at fan tracks and uh, i know uh, our pal michael florio does some stuff for fan tracks as well but uh, glad to have him on the show friend of the program had him on last summer joe how you doing it's always good to chat with you. I missed you, Marcus. I mean, it's been way, way too long. That's what it's been. It has absolutely been a while. Uh, you know, just kind of catching up with some of your stuff there on Twitter. Um, the one thing I, I want to ask, because I've been asking this of, of all our guests, um, the Todd Gurley conundrum, right? I mean, this is a guy who <laughs> last year was kind of a consensus number one overall. And I've, I've been saying he is, he is Tom Petty right now. He is free-falling. Um, where do you sit on Todd Gurley as we talk here on July 1st? Well, at the risk of uh, making another Tom Petty bad dad joke, I feel like I have to live like a refugee when it comes to Todd Gurley. It's really tough. But here's the way I'm approaching it right now, because obviously if he's still getting the goal line touches, that's huge for his fantasy value. If you're in a situation with Todd Gurley, I would say where you're in a 10-team league, and there's a lot of those casual 10-team friends and family leagues that people are still really passionate about and really serious. I think you can take that risk because it's much easier, especially in a full-point PPR, to recover if Todd Gurley becomes a disaster. If everything, the wheels come down and everything goes to crap, at least you're in a situation where their placement value is a little easier. When you start to get in the 12- and 14-team leagues, then it becomes something you really have to consider. Obviously, the later he falls, the more appealing it is because it's easier to mitigate the risk of Todd Gurley. But I was just in the FSGA draft. I was in a 14-team league. I had the 12th pick overall. I passed on him, and I thought he would make it to me right around the corner on the wheel, and he actually didn't. He went at 14 uh, at 2-1. So uh, I probably would have taken the chance there. But in a 14-team league, if Todd Gurley goes awry, that's really tough to come back to. So I think it's all about mitigating risk. I'm not out on top early this year, but I'm going to be very specific on where I take that risk. And again, how much prize money you're playing for, all these little 
tiny factors that all enter into the equation. I think you have to weigh that. I don't think there's one answer like, nope, avoid Todd Gurley, because I don't think that's a good answer either. What pri- what's prize money? <laughs> I don't know. What, oh, I don't, what is that? We, we can only that? play for jelly beans over here, Jim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, that's, I, right. I, that's it. You know, this, this every US kind of jelly beans. All, all the Harry Potter jelly beans, every jelly bean you could possibly imagine. Uh, you, know, you mentioned your, your mock draft with the uh, at FSGA, and I was looking at that. Um, you went David Montgomery and then followed up with Tariq Cohen, right? Explain yourself. See, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, back-to-back picks. Man, explain yourself there. I feel like I just got calls to the principal's office. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I like this. Uh, no, well, here's, here's me explaining myself with that. Uh, I'm looking for upside. I'm looking for playmakers in a 14-team league. And, again, that one's actually one we play out, that FSGA draft. And the running backs, nine of the first 11 picks were running backs. It just flew off the board. And what I do in the fantasy black book is relative position value. And the concept is, you know, most people are going to have an RB1, but once you're behind the fantasy league average in, R- in RB1, you're chasing something in the negative. And fantasy sports is very simple. It's about me outperforming you from as many spots on my roster as I can. So that's why I doubled up with wide receivers and then went with the two rookie running backs, Jacobs and Montgomery. I'm very confident that both those guys are going to be integral pieces of their offenses. I have nothing but faith in Matt Nagy as a head coach and as an offensive mind. And I think just like the Patriots last year with Sony Michelle uh, and James White, they could do the same thing. Tariq Cohn, I think, can certainly have that upside. I don't think less touches for Tariq Cohn necessarily mean you're going to kill his fantasy value. If anything, having Montgomery there and effective might even be even better for him, not to mention the fact that if you size him down a little bit, maybe you get a better use out of him towards the latter part of the season. So as my flex for RB, I feel pretty good about it. And if things should go wrong for Montgomery, then maybe Tariq Cohn does get more looks in that offense, and hopefully I'll figure it out. But uh, looking at it, I just don't see the Bears taking Montgomery. All the rumors and all the out-of-camp news so far have been very positive on him. I think he's going to be the real deal. And, you know, running back's a young position, boys. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Joe, it's Fabs here. So, um, you know, we've been just, you know, talking away for months and months and months because it's the off season, and, uh, you know, this is what we do. But a lot of what we've been discussing is players whose value in the industry is rising, uh, players whose value in the industry is falling. So, like, Todd Gurley is a guy who's falling. Uh, uh, to me, James Washington's a name who's rising. What players out there do you feel we're too high on, and what players out there do you feel like we're not pumping up enough? Uh, well, you know, I'm very format specific. So the fact that Aaron Rodgers, everybody seems to be re-elevating him to this, you know, almost godlike status again, I think is everybody should pump the brakes a little bit with that. Last year was, you know, a single quarterback league. There's still plenty of QBs out there. So I, I don't love how all of a sudden the Aaron Rodgers is going to be QB one overall again. Narrative seems to be pumping through the Twitter universe. I'm not a big fan of that because you look at a guy like Matt Ryan who had back-to-back, or two out of the last three years was almost 5,000 yards. So uh, I think that there's plenty of ways in a single quarterback league to deal with that. Um, I'll tell you what, I love the Mike Williams train right now. I'm on that one. So if the hype goes a little bit higher on that, I'm okay with it. Uh, Same with Calvin Ridley. To me, those guys are going at a nice value. But in terms of guys that are kind of rising up right now, I I think that you're looking at that grouping of the Aaron Jones type running back. You're looking at some of those guys where people are trying to say, if you miss out on that first one, carry on Johnson's another one too, but carry on for me a little bit still worries me. Now, I mean, as a Patriots fan, uh, I can tell you, you know, I think that Patricia is really going to try to be physical again. I think he wanted to last year with LeGarrette Blunt. I don't think he had enough left in the tank to do it. And that's why they brought in CJ Anderson. I'm not saying CJ is going to destroy carry on's value, but this notion that all of a sudden carry on is just going to run away with everything, especially an offense that I think is still a work in progress. that's still not hundred percent healthy and still has a new coordinator coming in. I think there's a lot to get right there. So for me, carry on's one of these guys that's rising a little high right now, a little too high for me. Yeah. CJ is a friend of mine. Um, and they, they like him and what he's going to bring to that backfield. So as much as I do like KJ, I, I think people need to realize that there is a ceiling there. Yeah, I'm with all you guys on carry uh, on Johnson. I mean, the Lions have been uh, one of the slowest paced. And it, frankly, I mean, they just have some of the lowest play volume year over year. And I don't think we can really expect that it changed too much with Daryl Bevel coming in. So I, I have 
I'm pretty much fully fading carry on Johnson. This Is year. that right? Yeah, I've got him like in the RB2 flex yeah. area. Um, not too high. I've seen him ranked in the top Wait, 14 back. He just go. Well, he goes in that range in the third and fourth round, like around AJ Green, Julian Edelman. Yeah, at that point, Allen, I won't get him. Mark Cooper. I, I want. I want all those receivers. I won't take him there. Yeah. yeah. yeah see, I'm I'm kind of the same mind with you guys. I just feel like there's a lot more value there and a lot less risk. And I think Bevel's going to do a good job there. And I think that I. If they can figure out a way to quickly get Hawkinson up to speed and utilize him, I think he could possibly break that trend of the rookie tight end not contributing. I, I think he has that op- opportunity this year. I know we, you know, we kind of get stuck in our ways until something happens, right? You say, well, this can never happen until you have well, rookie quarterbacks can never happen. And then you have the year where Wilson and Luck and all those guys contribute and it changes our concept. And now you see it as a regular thing. And it's always been, well, rookie tight ends can't make it anything happen and well maybe Fant and Hawkinson and those guys can be those guys to make that work speaking of rookies and you mentioned the Patriots I was a guy who in the draft was really big on Nikhil Harry and you know wasn't sure where he'd land obviously he goes to New England now and I, I find myself right now sort of torn on him I love his ability I love what he can do I worry that you know even though father time has yet to catch up to Tom Brady, it's going to happen. Um, your thoughts on, on what he means in this Patriots offense and what his potential can be? First of all, how dare you say Father Tom? <laughs> how dare you, Mark? Look, Frank Gore is the uh, only one that's going to outlive us all, right? That's it. It's just Frank Gore. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, it's almost like they have a bet with the devil, though, too. Like, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know what the pact is or what's going on, but. Um, Look, I think the world of Nikhil Harry, and I think that he is, I do agree with the notion he was the most complete wide receiver. And I love that right away he seemed to be embraced. You know, him and Edelman are out there at Brady's house and, and getting to know each other and getting familiar with things. And I think that's kind of the difference maker. I mean, you're seeing him go in that same range as guys like Deshaun Jackson, uh, who honestly I would take the shot on Harry more personally. Uh, if it's best ball, maybe Deshaun Jackson, maybe the cumulative. But I think on a weekly basis, Harry has an opportunity here to really be a better floor player, whereas Deshaun might be the better ceiling player. But week to week, I don't trust the Eagles offense at all. Very difficult. Then you get guys like Deshaun Hamilton in that same range. So even somebody like Funches, to me, if, if the Patriots reach for an offensive player, which is something they rarely do, but they have done in the last two years, they've shown you they reach for him because they have a plan for them and they're going to utilize them. So for me, I think if you believed in what they did yet last year with Sonny Michelle and how that went, which was pretty darn well considering where they ended up, I think Harry will be a, a good part of that offense. And I think where he's going right now is completely appropriate. That being said, I think you and I will all agree, all three of us, that when you get to the preseason and he has one big game, that ADP is probably going to go from the 114 <laughs> yeah. range probably to the under 100 range. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, I have been a fan of the Fantasy Black Book. I know you. the latest edition for 2019 is out, but for those who are not in the know, explain what it is and, and where they can find it. Uh, well, you can find it over on Amazon for paperback and Kindle and you get on iTunes as well. Uh, it's a 14-time bestseller on Amazon and Fantasy Sports between baseball and football in the last nine years. And uh, last year was actually the number one football book on Amazon the last August, ahead of my my guy, Tom Brady. I felt like a real conflict of interest last <laughs> August to be ahead of Tom Brady in anything, but uh, I, I dealt with it. I was able to get past it. I cried myself to sleep with a little bowl of avocado ice cream in honor of him. But <laughs> it's out there uh, on Amazon again. Uh, I think we're number three in football books behind Joe Namath and Tony Dungy's book right now. And it gives something to people very different and unique. And I think that's the hardest thing in fantasy now is to how do you separate from the pack and the concept of relative position value does that. It's a really easy, applicable, understandable concept. It allows you to not just manage your draft, but manage your entire season. And I've got a great group of people working with me on it, and I'm very proud of it. And, you know, you know it just goes to show you, you can really build a brand. And if you have something unique, people will latch onto it and make it a success. And I'm very grateful for that. That's awesome. Yeah, go pick it up if you haven't already. Uh, go check it out. You become a smarter fantasy player. Uh, before I let you go, Joe, I know you also do some Major League Baseball fantasy. And so, one, uh, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Uh, we should all we should all sit around and celebrate See, I'm that. I'm also a Mets fan. Which is also <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Yeah. But so you got yeah. so many titles with the Patriots, it kind of offsets that the Mets have sucked for so long. That, you know what? Fans, that's exactly what happens because yeah. you know every every September, I remember what it is to feel good about myself again. <laughs> there you go. And that goes to the 
the holidays, have a nice holiday season, and then spring training goes, you know, optimistic, and then it all goes in the tank. Well, I, I should know. I should ask before we let you go for those playing fantasy baseball because I know there's there's some crossover with folks who listen to this podcast. Um, who is a name folks should be paying attention to for after the All Star break? Uh, well, look, Hira just got called back up uh, from Milwaukee, so I think he's going to have a good second half. That's going to be a nice player. I think. You might even see a player like a Dustin May, uh, I think, get an opportunity with the Dodgers there in the second half. He's had a brilliant uh, run there in Double A. just got moved up to Triple A. So depending on what they do with the pitchers, uh, starting pitcher-wise, if they don't acquire anybody. But really what you're going to be looking for now is that movement. I think guys like Granke and Bumgarner get moved. That could mean a guy like Kyle Tucker gets freed up too. And that's a guy right now, since Jordan Alvarez over in Houston has played so well to start, he becomes expendable to add that big time pitcher. So look for Kyle Tucker also to probably be uh, in a major league uniform and the second half of the season, and then make a, a contribution in the outfield as well. I know it's not a fantasy question, but can Dustin may help build this bridge from the starters to Kinley Jansen? That's all as a Dodger fan. That's all uh, I want to know. That's all that's I want to know. Need, man. That's what you need. I mean, that's what you're hoping for. I mean, I, I, it's possible. It all depends on the usage. The problem with them is I mean, Rio has been brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. Kershaw has been solid this year. I think when you're looking at that Dodger team, it's always where are you going to get out of the, the back end guys? And, you know, Rich Hill is a five and two thirds guy for the last few years. I think, you know, that one more difference maker guy, he could have a run. And if you pair him with Walker Bueller and Kershaw off the top, if they really have a nice run there to finish, if he's got enough innings left in the tank, I mean, they're going to be right in it, man. Dodgers have been so good this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, trust me. I look. I, I'm still. I'm st- <laughs> Last year, the Red Sox were just a better team. The the, the one against the Astros still smarts. So you know, we'll see what happens. Well, hopefully, we'll be What's seeing like you in the in, in the World I, Series. I don't know, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> My think back to 1986, Joe. Who, I, I want to know who the heck the Yankees are getting because our starting rotation's got some question marks. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, well, if we keep hitting five homers a game, maybe it won't matter. I'll tell you what, that's part of it. But I think what they were banking on was Severino being that guy. Severino was going to be the guy who basically came back at the all-star break, which would have allowed them to keep the prospects like Clint Frazier Mm -hmm. and would allow them to Mm -hmm. stay in there. But I think what happens is now with that setback for him, now you're going to see them. I think they're going to have to figure out a way to make a move. It wouldn't shock me if they even went to the Mets and tried to peel away a guy like Zach Wheeler. I don't think they're going to get a cinder guard from him. That would be a PR nightmare for the Mets, but a guy yeah. like Zach Wheeler, I wouldn't yep. be shocked if they could peel him away. Hey, there you go. Hey, Joe, appreciate it, man. Uh, enjoy stuff, the rest man. of your summer. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. Thanks a lot. See you, pal. Sure. Thanks again to Joe Pizzapia for stopping by the program. Again, be sure to check out the Fantasy Black Book. He said you can get it on Amazon or just uh, check him out on Twitter as well. You can uh, get some links to it there. Uh, last week, we introduced the fantasy draft of things. We did uh, a, a draft of movie franchises. And, uh, Eddie, I, I, I got the feeling, just looking last week, I think Fabs kind of won the, the polling. So that's your for pick for the, uh, for the number one? I think Fabs won the polling last Any week. Any other guesses uh, between the rest of the crew? No, I feel like you, got, you were getting shortchanged, Eddie. Like, I liked your draft, and I don't, I don't think the people uh, appreciated your draft as much. Yeah, they didn't. I think uh, might have might have been an older crowd. Like, Harry Potter doesn't really <laughs> stay Oh, with are them. you saying that I'm old? <laughs> the, no, I think because like, Harry Potter is for people who my age or younger. I'm just kidding. Uh, and then, yeah, the no snake hurt me in the four slot there. But anyway, uh, Fabs was the winner uh, at 37%. But he had someone very, very close. Graham, 33%. So oh. right behind him. Ooh, wow. uh, it was Star Wars, probably. <laughs> Yeah. Marcus, respectable, twenty two percent, and I was I was pretty poor with only an eight uh, percent. Wow! Go. But yeah, that was. Uh, That's that was your a lot number of fun. one in our hearts. No, like, thank you. I feel like you got you got jobbed there, but uh, I know I heard from a lot of folks on Twitter who were uh, upset at some of the things that we left out. Uh, yeah, I saw, like it's a Godfather, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, of course I'd pick if it was like a two movie. <laughs> yeah, the third Godfather three was yeah. awful. You know, someone was upset that we didn't pick Mad Max, and I'm like, well, they yeah, like, I saw that too. They were like. 30 years between movies. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, so we appreciate all you guys chiming in, all that sort of things. So, though, I thought with 4th of July coming up this week and a happy uh, 4th of July to all of you uh, out there, um, you know, a lot of folks will be, whatever you call it, grilling, barbecuing, having a cookout. I know depending on where you live in the country, it is called different things. So I figured, okay, what are the best things to eat at a cookout, right? And so we will do a three-round draft. Um, just because we didn't do a snake last week, we'll, we'll stay no snake this week as well. And because, uh, Eddie, you went last, we will give you the first pick 
And uh, just a, a, a quick note for all of you out there. I figured all meats, whether it's hot dogs, burgers, ribs, what have you, those are all separate items, right? Yeah, it's right. got to be. You can't be. just say, like, hey, grilling meat and then, like, just get everything in there. So right. they're all separate things. So, you know, they, that will open things up a little bit more. So, uh, Eddie, I give the floor to you. Okay, and just to clarify, too. So it's like you can't say, I, I want a beef burger, and then I'll, I'll get a bison burger. Like, a burger is a burger. It's one category. Yeah, burger burger gotcha. is one category. Gotcha, yes. gotcha, gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, uh, first pick here. I, I see. Uh, I don't want to give away. I feel like I want to lose this one if I don't take it now. My <laughs> my favorite item across the board may not be a popular pick for the number one overall, but I think it is the best item you could possibly get in a barbecue fashion. So I want to go with uh, beef brisket, slow Ooh. slow cooked Ooh, beef brisket, first overall. That is a uh, that's a pretty good call there, yeah. actually. Um, all right. Uh, so, well, I'm kind of torn on where I go with this one, but I'm just gonna go with ribs. Uh, I think I think they're, they're they're a classic cookout staple. I think especially when done well and they're smoked. And yes. You just kind of like smoke them overnight. Um, smoked ribs overnight. You know. That's right. I, shout out to. Uh, that would have been my 101. To our, our our pal and colleague Chris Wessling, who I've been fortunate enough to to be invited to some of his cookouts, and I will say that uh, for as as smart as he is when it comes to football, he may be as knowledgeable or more knowledgeable about smoking dead animals. Um, <laughs> the man is serious about his grilled meats. Uh, he is no joke. So, you know, shout out to Chris Wessling and his and his grilling skills. But, yeah, I'm going ribs at, at 1.02. Uh, Fabs. You guys left burgers for me at three. We That's did. like leaving yeah. Saquon Park <laughs> <laughs> at three. Yeah, man, dude. It, listen, all American, man. You're going to cook out. You're going to have those burgers. I don't care what they are. Beef, bison, turkey. Just not any of those veggie Whatever that stuff is, that's not a burger. The impossible, yeah, the burger. impossible burger. It's not a burger. It's impossible. Beyond for, meat. It's yeah. It's, it's not. I want beef. Okay, turkey is acceptable. Bison is acceptable. But a little little, little cheese on there. Grim, yeah. A little bacon. Oh, giddy up, man! Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Give I'm, me that burger. I'm gonna take hot dogs and brats here at four. Um, but I have a question. Okay. Do you put ketchup? I do. I do. Okay, so I absolutely do. That no. So Matthew, who my son, who is actually in the studio with us, loves ketchup on hot dogs, and I can't stand every time I have to put ketchup on a hot dog. No shame. Here's the difference. He's a kid. No shame. He's a kid. He's allowed. I will to go. Ketchup. I will go to Dodger Stadium. You're a grown adult. I, I get my. Do- I get my Dodger <laughs> dogs with ketchup, mustard, and onions. Yep. Straight up. No shame. Do right. not care. <laughs> Don't care. I can't. I can't do it, man. Like I. I'm. I'm all about mustard. Relish, sauerkraut, yeah. ketchup is for thaw, is for burgers. Mustard is for hot dogs. Nope, I'm I'm fine. I just I, I can't. I am shameless about it. Don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a weirdo who does not like ketchup or mustard, so I leave. Really? It. So I'm, what do you put? Relish? Plain? It could be plain, or it could be a uh, plain hot like dog. Chili dog. If you have like a cheese. Well, or hot well, dog. I mean, like yeah, Dodger State, like so Mark's bring up like Dodger dogs. Like they have some crazy toppings. Uh, if you go to, like the specialty, like mm-hmm. really really big ones, so they have a lot of good toppings there. I mean, if but a plain hot dog thing is fine. Uh, what? So what? So you picked hot dogs, Graham, yep, yep. and that what falls under that umbrella? Is that just hot dogs, and then other kind of encased meats are still fair game? Um, I think that's fair. I think I think we can split out hot dogs and, and other other cased meats. Okay, we can separate. We can <laughs> okay. separate those. Okay, if that's the case. Then uh, I'll go with I'll just go with sausage. Yeah, just, I was. I mean, general, huh? I, I'm an Italian. I was thinking yeah. like All sausage oh, brats. Oh, just okay. By the way, I was at Petco Park over the weekend. I I, I mean. I love that stadium so much. I was going to ask if you had a fish taco. Then I remembered you don't like seafood. My girlfriend did. <laughs> and we waited in line. It felt like longer than we watched the game to get in. And she said it was phenomenal. The f- they ha- Have you gone there yet? No, I haven't. The food is phenomenal. They have a hot dog like I mean, this big. The thing is gigantic. Matthew's like, oh, I, go. I want one of those. And I'm like, that's my boy. Well, and then he put ketchup on the damn thing. I mean, like, look, oh, look, man. Look, look, the Padre baseball hasn't been great in years. They got to no, do something. No, the food, they do Marcus, to oh, my gosh, it's so good. So I'm sorry. Off topic, but so good. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. Okay, so now sausage is off the board, which means uh, we've gone through we've gone through a lot of the meats here. Um, you know what? I'm going to keep this rolling, though. Uh, a good – one of the things that I miss about my time living in the Central Valley of California, the folks up there are great with grilling tri-tip. And it was a thing that when I left, when, I, when I've come other places, like for a while, I don't know that people outside of California knew what tri-tip was because it's sort of a weird cut of the cow. Um, but 
man, when I lived in Fresno, not only did, did they cook it regularly, they cooked it well. Um, in fact, there was a place I used to go to that would make a great tri-tip breakfast burrito. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's going to be my, my second round pick. Tri-tip? Tri-tip. Okay, so I will tell you this. Back to Petco Park. Cardiff Crack, okay? It is the best tri-tip I have ever had. Mm. You have to go. Mm. Marcus, I'm telling you. Okay. Check it out. Cardiff Crack. Cardiff Crack. Un- like C-R-A-C-K? Yes. Okay. It is unbelievably good. And they actually do sell it at Petco. Oh, huh, interesting. I All never right. knew Petco was this... Like, so I, good, I dude. Like, it's like a, it's, it's a, a well, gourmet, is right. it's a gourmet paradise. I mean, the right? baseball like, is actually not bad on the field this season, but in seasons past, mm, mm. got to eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So you're up, Fab. I'm going barbecue chicken. Chicken. Right. Yeah. Dude, I, I mean, I'm a it's big a fan. I'm a big fan. It is, it is I a like the classics. I like the oh. Yankees. I like the Cowboys. Okay. People can get on my case for all that stuff. And I'm going to hamburgers, cheeseburgers and all that. And I'm going barbecue chicken. Love it. I, I'm going to take us off the meats here. The, one of the things that immediately pops into my mind is like a s- refreshing summer barbecue snack is watermelon. Oh, Good yeah. Oh, yeah. Watermelon. See, I was hoping that would yeah. fall to me in round three, but <laughs> yeah. apparently it nah. did not. Nah. All right. All right. So here we go. Round three. We're back to you, Eddie. Um, I want to go off meat as well because I figure on my plate, you have the heavy brisket, you have the sausage, so you got your mix of beef and pork. And you probably want something on a side dish. I'm not sure if this is a regional thing for me. Growing up in the New York City area, a lot of Italian people, and this is very, very popular where I am when you're barbecuing. And I think across the country, the 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 potato salad is probably more popular. But I'm going to go with a macaroni salad instead. Ah, you stole oh. it. That's what I was going with in the third round. Well, that made me. Uh I was nervous for a second because uh, I thought you were going to take my pick, which was going to be potato, potato salad, salad. <laughs> in yeah. the third round. <laughs> Man. Uh. All right. You just got me. I think, I think I'm just I, the, the, the mayonnaise and, and, and just I like the, a little bit more of the potato salad. So I little switch there. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how popular it is really like here. I don't know if I could really find. I mean, I, I see it. I've, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. it at, at cook, but I, sure. I, I tend to lean more toward the potato salad than the macaroni salad. Yeah, no, I'm a macaroni salad guy, but I'm, you know, I'm an Italian. So that's we like we like our macaroni. All right. So now that you have been sniped, I know you guys. <laughs> where are you going? <laughs> Can I go back to meat? How about pulled sure. pork? That's ooh, that's yeah, a good one. How about pulled pork? That's a good call. That's pretty good, right? That's yeah, a good yeah. call. Yeah, yep. And, and I'm not even a huge fan of pork either. Like pork chops, eh, but, but you give me some pulled pork. Oh, give me that, man. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in. All right, Graham, uh, finish us out. Uh, I'm gonna hold it down. I mean, I don't think none of us. You guys are. I know you guys are from the south, so I'm gonna hold it no. down with, for the south here and say coleslaw. You gotta have oh, yeah, yeah, no good call. Yeah. You, gotta have good. Some, you gotta have some coleslaw. That's a good call. Um, and to spice it up, I mean, you gotta have some some vinegar in there. The, vin- the vinegary coleslaw. A little bit. I'm I'm definitely more of a vinegary. Okay. Coleslaw All right. Guy. All right. You have a well balanced plate. Are we, are we gonna hot are dog we gonna, watermelon we, coleslaw? Yeah. Are we gonna run a poll there? Uh, I, yeah. I, of course you're. I think you're gonna. Faz, I think you're gonna win again. You got really good value at the third pick. Each yeah, the I mean, burgers, the, barbecue chicken, yeah. pulled pork, the pulled pork in the third round. The pulled pork in the third round is a strong. That's a strong pick, man. Yeah. Man. But yeah, I figured that was a fun thing to do. And as always, out there, if there are some things we left out, some things that you guys love at your cookouts, feel free to to hit us. Before we go, guys, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have some competition. Okay, we have some competition in the fantasy football uh, analytical world. Who's that? Uh, Orenthal. Or- Orenthal? Oh, is that his name? Uh, it depends how you. Simpson it. is now giving I've fantasy football advice on Twitter. Did I've, you see that? I've noticed this. So I'm thinking, like, uh, I, I don't want to put this out on social media. Marcus and I talked about this earlier because <laughs> the the replies that we would get would be really bad. But I'm thinking, like, OJ Simpson plays fantasy football. What would be some great O.J. Simpson fantasy football team names? I, I came up with a few. So the, 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 the easy one is the Killers, right? <laughs> that's, that's the easy one. Slash and Dash. How about that one? Is that a good uh, O.J. Simpson fantasy football team like name? Juice Squeeze. No. Uh, all right. Norberg's Knives. Oh, wow. Norberg. You gotta, Norberg's you, Knives. You gotta, uh, right? For, right? Okay. And the last one. Stop O.J. It hurts, as in oh, no. hurts. Oh, no. Come on. Oh, no. no? <laughs> They're like the commercial back in the day. Come on. Stop OJ. It hurts. Come on. That, dude, that's perfect. I forgot about that. That's great. About, I forgot no. about the hurts commercials. Eddie. That, that, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, those are right to the d- point. That, no. <laughs> oh, <I'm> man. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> On that note. Well done. Well, that was, but I mean, like. Well done. Unbelievable. <laughs> where a dude who murdered two people is now out. 
playing golf, giving fantasy football advice. I think that's just like the Costanza scenario where if like you tweet at him and ask him whatever he says, just to do the opposite. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. So Howard Stern talked about that. They have the Howard Stern League. And they called Michael Rappaport, who's also in the league. And if you know Michael Rappaport, he's a little bit uh, out there. And they joked about O.J. Simpson joining their fantasy football league. And if you haven't seen that on, uh, or listened to that on Stern, it's pretty funny, uh, his, his reply to that. But uh, it, it, it was hilarious because, like, O.J.'s a running back, obviously. And his but big he's all about takeaway, quarterback at he's like, one. He's like, Patrick Mahomes would be my first-round pick. Right. And that right there was the last piece of – Advice. The first and last. The first and last that I will take from OJ Simpson when it comes to fantasy football. I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that a running back would say go quarterback number one overall. I figured he would have stuck with the running backs. Uneducated, my friend. Just, Uneducated. You know, and just done that. But uh, yeah, so. Do you, do you think he'll get a podcast? Sure, I'm sure somebody will. Like a, would you? Someone will. Come on. Someone, because people will listen to it for the curiosity factor. The fact that he he got on Twitter and got a huge following immediately, someone will will take a chance. On yeah. it. it'll well, be a small. It'll be a small. It'll be a small outlet looking for some some attention, looking for some pub, some kind of way. If he and, if he uh, did yeah. get his own podcast, I'm sure the uh, most popular segment would be uh, weekly fantasy cuts. No, <laughs> oh, okay. on that. Come on, Graham. <laughs> on that note. Uh, a reminder that we will be off next week. We'll be back with you uh, in a couple weeks, Wednesday the 17th. Uh, just a heads up, we are, we are totally scheduled to have a, a special guest. I'll leave it at that uh, until we have some more confirmation. It's not OJ, is it? It is not. Oh, I, can, I can tell you that that's Because not, if that was happening, I'm out. I can, that that I can show, tell I'm not coming sure, in. I can tell you for sure that that is not the case, but uh, <laughs> potentially a special guest coming up when we return in a couple of weeks. So enjoy the holiday. That's it. We're done. As always, we appreciate you listening. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, you might think you're indecisive, but are you really sure? We'll see you in two weeks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers 
to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.